If you are just feeling pulled in 1 million directions with the ever-growing number of options when it comes to social media platforms that you can market your business on, then you need to listen to today's episode. Our guest for today is Mary Shelton. Mary is a photographer, a designer, a margarita lover, mom, and Enneagram too. She was born and raised in Chicago and now calls Michigan home, but still loves some Lou Malnati's pizza, living near the lake, and the Chicago Bears. Mary is sharing her her personal experience and take on approaching social media in an authentic way and why she relies more on client experience and connection over the ever-changing metrics of Instagram. You'll get some tips and growth strategies for when you need clients like yesterday and what to do to get them. She answers a lot of my questions around marketing to millennials versus Gen Z and so much more. This episode is packed. It is refreshing and honest and I just know you're gonna love it. Before we get into today's episode, I wanna take a second and thank today's sponsor, which is my favorite tool for content creation called Descript. Descript is the tool that I use to share smaller cut down pieces of this podcast and to repurpose my YouTube videos and create on-screen captions inside of Reels. Descript makes video editing and audio editing so easy, it feels just like you're editing inside of a Word doc. You can remove filler words like ums and uhs with just a single click and even make corrections to something that you said or misspoke using the overdub tool. If you create content in your business of any kind, I highly recommend that you take a look at this tool. It is seriously packed with features. It's very user-friendly. And as someone who does not have a background in video editing, I found this really simple and easy to use and learn. I'll have a link in the show notes for you guys, and you can give it a try for free and get started. Hello, and welcome to the Called to Both podcast. I'm your host, Joy Michelle, and you're in the right place if you're ready to grow your business while also being the intentional and present mom you want to be. This show will leave you feeling inspired, equipped with tangible tips, and encouraged to go after your own version of being called to both. Let's dive in. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the show. I am super excited about this episode today because we are going to be diving into some juicy stuff that I have not had a chance to really unpack here on the podcast yet. Topics like how your follower count does not mean money and how to actually get word of mouth client referrals through your client experience. So super excited about this. I am so excited too. I can't wait. And I'm just excited to talk to you in general. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so we we go back a couple years, of course, through mm-hmm. photography, through the Accelerator program, and you mm-hmm. were just like one of my faves to work with. You have amazing style, you are super fun, and I know you're going to bring like real truth when we talk about these topics here. So when we were talking about this in the DMs, I was like, yes, Mary, come on, yes. tell me what you think, because I know- go. Yeah, yeah. So you work with lots of clients, both millennials, Gen Z, and I want to hear more about like your background and marketing. We're going to get into all of that. So first, let's just start with like you, your business. What led you to start your business and how did you end up here today? Oh my gosh. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you. I definitely miss miss you from our boxer days. So I'm like really excited to just chat. But I started my business after I had my son and was just starting to photograph him and just our family and getting super interested in that. And then from there, it just grew. Like, you know, you have like friends and friends of family who's asking you to take their family pictures. 
asking you to take senior pictures for their kids. And it ended up being something that I fell in love with so deeply, so quickly, and has just grown from there. Yeah, I love that. And I I actually particularly love that you started your business after becoming a mom because for me, my business started before having my kids. And so I, I kind of want to hear like, how was that for you? Like being a mom, having this side passion and being more than a mom, be, feeling called to be more than just a mom. And I, I want to hear about that a little bit. Yeah. me. So I stayed at home with my son until he was like about eight months old. And then I started getting this itch to like, do something else. And after just shooting him and our family for those first eight months, it was really, really nice being a mom first and then finding my calling second because I could set my boundaries from the start versus having to go through Mm. the situation of like all that mom guilt. Like now I have to set boundaries for my families. Like how do I figure this out after being someone who can just like focus on that? And so now it's awesome because I can set my boundaries and just grow from there versus having to do the reverse. So it's definitely helped in my business so that I can do multiple things outside of my business, like personally in my community and grow from there. Yeah, I love that. I, I coming from having a business and then thinking like, where the heck is motherhood going to fit into this? Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes that can be like a, a block. And then I think also it can be a block for the mom that wants to start a business and is like, well, where would this even fit? So I love that this just perfectly illustrates like you can do this, whether you already have kids or you're eventually going to have kids, like you can make this work and that there's pros and cons to both. And I love how you talked about having your boundaries set up from the start, which is huge, Mm -hmm. Um, especially for like being on your phone, being with your son and social media, which I feel like really leads us into like the topic for today. And I feel like it's really, really easy to feel like pulled in a million directions online to feel like you have to get caught up in like every platform, grow, 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 numbers, numbers, numbers. And yeah, I think it's really easy to forget like, that's not exactly a metric for success and that does not pay the bills. And I know you say your followers count does not pay the bills. And so Mm -hmm. I want to hear more about that. Like, what are your thoughts on this and what, what should we be focusing on instead? So I'm definitely someone who fell for the trap for the numbers, you know, like I was like, how many likes can I get? What does my engagement look like? Oh my gosh, Instagram's dead. Get on TikTok from there. Now there's Be Real. There's like a million different social media outlets just keep happening every single day. Yeah. And I truly just got overwhelmed and burnt out because then I found that I was like working for the algorithm and I was working for Instagram and for TikTok and I wasn't working for my clients anymore. Like at that mm. point, my clients are the ones who are suffering because I'm focused when I'm, when you're taking photos, you're focused on Instagram crop, like for a minute, like I had my camera taped on top and bottom on the screen on the back. So I could see what Instagram crop looked like and you just fall for this. I know it was like, I was deep into it. And at that point I was just like, I was still getting clients. Like things were consistently happening, but I was like, this is not sustainable. And something new is going to come along that's going to stress me out even more. So like, how can I put a pause on this and be more intentional and be more myself and uh, serve my clients the best way I possibly can versus me freaking out because I didn't get the engagement on a post that I wanted to. Yeah. And like, 
talking about like the extremes that we go to for these platforms and how then in a shoot or when you're working with a client, when you're building the product, when you're thinking about your marketing, you're first and foremost not thinking about your business. You're first and foremost thinking about a platform you don't own. And that should mm -hmm. be such a red flag. That should be yep. like, hey, you're building your house on land you don't own. And so yes. bringing it back to like your brand first is so foundational and I feel like your gut was so right and now it's like it all connects now into this like marketing plan that actually is sustainable and doesn't make you feel so burnt out so like when you were like okay hold on back up this is extreme I don't like this and it's not even serving my clients how did you decide what was going to take the place and who was actually going to start getting that intention and attention instead of Instagram so the first thing that I went to was really just like myself and my ethos at the same, like from the jump and just realized like, why am I doing this? What is it that I will, I want to capture? Not that will necessarily do well in the app. And it went back to the original reason why I started my business. And it was from shooting my son and having those photos that mean something while also maintaining yeah. the aesthetic that I like. Because let it also be known, like, I love an aesthetic as much as it's, like, the lovey-dovey stuff. An aesthetic to me is, like, that's definitely is king. But finding a way to merge that into this very heirloom-esque, like, stands the test of time situation. But still having it be a little bit edgy and fashionable, too. So I was just like, okay, if I start there and let me just like not post. So I went on a one month hiatus where I just like deleted the app. Is that necessarily good for business? Probably not, but it worked for me and just creating. And so then it got to a point where I had all of this that I created and I got super overwhelmed with like, well, what is my first post back? And then I was like, yeah. this is a problem. And then I took a pause again. I was like, this is a problem. I'm going back to where I was before. And so, yeah, the first place in all of it was just like thinking about like, what is my ethos? What is important to me? And the things that were important to me is creating heirlooms that were mm -hmm. still vibey, still trendy and serve the aesthetic that I like. And then serving my clients so that they were happy with everything that they got. And then I was able to move to the next steps in marketing yeah, yeah. So like during this time, this hiatus where Instagram was just like a drag and you're like, never mind, we're just going to ignore that for a second. What was happening as far as referrals, marketing, other things that were happening in your business? Like did everything go away or did you find that like maybe you don't need Instagram as much as you thought you did? I definitely don't think I needed Instagram as much as I thought I did. Most of my uh, referrals were for were client referrals. And a lot of my business is client referral. Don't get me wrong. There's still stuff that comes from social. But yeah. the clients that like I love and I continue to love working with, they're being referred by other clients. Or they saw me, saw me shoot a wedding and they were a guest at the wedding or they were a bridesmaid. Or one senior got their pictures and then they referred me to another senior. Or they posted something on Instagram and tagged me without me having to post something initially. And that still came back to me. I started really yeah. focusing on Pinterest marketing okay. because that was a completely different flip from there. And I started working small plug to second fiddle and um, and they were running all of my Pinterest marketing for me on the back end. So I still had free time on my end. 
as well as uh, posting on blogs a little bit more um, just to boost mm-hmm. the SEO to my website. So I kind of like went back to the basics yeah. pre-Instagram where everybody was just like SEO is king, Pinterest marketing was everything. And that's helped mm-hmm. me out a ton too. Yeah, I mean, that everything you're listing is very search engine based too. And like mm-hmm. networking and like old school, like client experience, loving these people really well, surprising and delighting, like going above and beyond because that's never going to go out of style. How, yeah, how do you think like client experience and like the stuff we're doing face to face plays a role in marketing versus like posting beautiful, vibey stuff to Instagram? Yeah. And what people don't realize is like, if you don't turn the notifications off on your phone for Instagram, your notifications on your phone just like explode. Like, I don't know if anybody else's phone looks like mine during the day where I have like red dots everywhere for all the things that need to be responded to. So it's like, I get notifications for Instagram and then you get notifications through text messages and then there's phone calls. And it's like, at one point you just get overwhelmed with all the notifications. So you're just like, am I even responding to everything? Am I missing a text message? Am I missing a phone call? Am I missing an email? Because it's just too much. So it's too much. Honestly, just like, it's way too much. It's so overwhelming. And then, you know, yeah. you're looking at your phone at like 1130 at night and you still have notifications that you need to respond to. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to client interaction, most of my most of my clients do have my cell phone number. And I tell them, like, as much as you want to email me, I'm very open to them texting me and calling me. I do communicate yeah. with them that I do have like office hours for certain things. So if you don't get a response from me right away, like if it's urgent, you'll get it right away. But if not, then you'll probably get it within the next office hour. But uh, yeah. just making sure that you have open communication with your clients. Like the best way I can explain through weddings is me and my couples, we have like a streamline of communication and like me understanding like the aesthetic they're going for their wedding. They go wedding dress shopping. I'm like, text me the picture as soon as you get it. I want to be just as involved in the process. Like um, have one of your girlfriends like video the dress and send it to me so I can respond or be my friend on Snapchat. We can snap back and forth all those information too. It's more so like getting to know them in a way that's beyond just being their vendor, but being their friend, you know, Mm -hmm. and it makes them feel special. It makes me feel special that they even want to communicate with me that way. And I'm not just another vendor and it causes me to be even more invested in their wedding and I'm invested in their family at that point. And the product is always just a million times better. Yeah. I mean, I feel like what you're describing is a personal brand. It's the difference between getting an awesome experience from like a, a boutique you know, clothing company versus like shopping with the designer. And I think that like what we can do as a solopreneur, as a small business is give a more personalized experience than you can't do this with big companies that that's like a unique advantage. And so instead of seeing it as like, I'm just me, I only work this many hours and like thinking of it in like a small way, it sounds like you're seeing this as like, I can actually like come alongside of you and be excited about your wedding. Cause like, I'm excited about your wedding <laughs> and that's yeah. going to stand out. Like that's, they're going to love that. Like everybody wants to do business at some with someone that wants to do business with them. Like I know that like I've hired people that, are they the best at that thing? No, I just love them. They're great at what they do, mm-hmm. but I love them. And I know that they're going to make this a great experience. And that's, I mean, like, yeah, client experience, I think is like so easily overlooked. 
um, mm -hmm. in the, in the world of marketing, like people will say, okay, well I need clients. Like, let's talk about marketing. And I think they want me to say like, all right, here's the secret blog post. Like here's the secret keyword phrase. Um, here's the tag or the hashtag. And like some of it is like the not scalable, not searchable <laughs> client experience, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. and it's not the sexiest thing, but like it is cause it no. works. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, if you think about it from a vendor, like think about it from a vendor perspective anyway, too, you're really stoked to shoot a wedding when you know all the details, you know, and it also prepares you so that yeah. you, you know what you're shooting, you have a better understanding and things like that. Like a simple thing is asking to go on a vendor tour with your couple. Like that's a whole yeah. other experience you have with them. And I go on a vendor tour with my couple, like when, or like a venue tour, and we're going and we're looking at all the different places. And then on, and then afterwards we go out for food or we go out for a drink or we go out for coffee together. We get to know each other a little bit more. Like that's offering that boutique client experience in that too, especially when it's yeah. a venue you haven't shot at yet. Honestly, like, or even as a vendor, it's a really, really easy way to educate your couple. You know, like mm. you, Say you really want the opportunity, like a big trend right now is champagne tower photos or whatever. It is so simple to just have a constant open stream of DMs on Instagram or text messages with your client and just be like, yo, this is so you. And yeah. I think you guys would be so stoked to do something like this. And then just yeah. be like, yo, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even know that existed. But mm -hmm. that's part of the client experience is like opening up them to different ideas. And it's a win-win situation from everybody. They get something that they didn't even know they wanted, but you get the photos of what you wanted too. So just an open stream of communication. Sometimes communication is all it is. Yeah. Okay. So I, my next question was going to be like, what is client experience? How should we be thinking about this in our business? And it's, I feel like you're, you're kind of already saying like, thinking in unique ways, small ways, like to open more communication where you can educate is a part of the client experience. Is there anything else that we should be thinking about when it comes to client experience and just making sure that it is as excellent as it can be so that it does lead to those word of mouth referrals? So if I had to like run through what my personal like client experience is i think it starts with that first initial inquiry like schedule like offering to schedule either a zoom call or out for coffee depending on where that person's located like sometimes my clients are in chicago and if they're in chicago it's a little bit difficult to get to them to schedule that but just having starting off with a zoom call there's a lot of vendors who don't start off with zoom calls or phone calls and that and just corresponding through email it just seems very cold and dry so definitely mm -hmm. there or anything from um, things that you offer like with vendor referrals or you have certain programs with certain vendors like a referral program with different makeup artists or different florists so it's also just like having vendor recommendations and maybe having some type of situation where you're working with another vendor for those referrals especially people just starting out that's very helpful yeah. open lines of communication through from beginning to after you know, like after mm. those deliverables happen and that and before reviews come in, just constant communication is something that will definitely make you exceptional because 
as a client, you want to know that people are still thinking about you when you're not there. You know, it's like, okay, my wedding's not for another year, but like my, my wedding's not until next year, but my vendor's talking to me right now. And she's talking to me two months from now. And with situations like HoneyBook where you can automate everything and uh, Mm -hmm. work with uh, people that basically help schedule that for you. So it's like two months from an event, this email goes out or another three months from there, another email goes out. There Mm -hmm. really is an excuse for constant communication not to happen. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's such a good point of like just leveraging systems, leveraging a pre-written template that you can customize in your voice, in your brand, it still brings value. Not everything needs to be like hand typed out every single client from scratch. Like we can be smart about this and still Mm -hmm. make them feel seen, make them feel like I haven't forgotten about you. And like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not a photographer, it's like this can be applied to really any any kind of deliverable it, yeah. from the time that they book you or buy the thing till the time that they get that final deliverable, there's a span of time. And I think that especially right after that first booking is made, like when that payment goes through, whether I have bought the big thing or I'm buying a service or a product, that is the window just after the purchase. I think where you can have that like dip of like buyer's remorse because it's a little underwhelming. It's like you've made this big payment, but you don't have the thing. You don't have the website. You don't have the new brand. You don't have the copy on your website or like the the photography like experience or the photos in your hand yet. So you're sitting there in this like in between. And I think as business owners, it's really important for us to be tuned into this that gap of okay, as soon as they make that payment, like you got to keep the hype high. Like you got to like send them the intake questionnaire and the welcome guide and say like, I am super excited. I know this isn't for a really long time, but I'm invested as much as you are. And like, here's what we can do. So like, I know I used to be like, all right, what? Like, what can we talk about as far as like planning the location or the makeup or give them the referrals? Like you talked about having these connections and like sending your friends that are vendors the, the, business it's like you're you're hitting so many birds with one stone of like those vendor relationships but also serving the client really well and just making them feel like you're a resource beyond the thing that they originally came to you for they came to you because they wanted exceptional heirloom images but now they're getting like design aesthetic and like uh ideas for the champagne tower and you saying like hey this is actually like my favorite makeup artist like this person's actually going to get you looking super good on time which is important Mm -hmm. and i think like that's where like their little hidden values come in where they're like oh my gosh you're even better than i thought and i think that's where like then people are talking yeah and even just um and that situation was my biggest red flag like for myself like let it be known. I also want everybody to understand that like, I'm not on my high horse when going through the process. And after dealing with that full Instagram burnout, this was my red flag. My red flag was my communication with my clients. And I was just like, okay, she hasn't heard from me in this long, or I wasn't getting on this, or I wasn't responding to this. And then when I realized if I just correct that right now, that's where all of my referral base would come from. So I can honestly say as somebody who has dealt with that burnout and saw these red flags in my communication, that was my first jump to fix and correct so that going forward, I'm just going to up-level my experience every single time. Yeah, I think that's like, that's a great audit 
to just say like, okay, when was the last time everyone has heard from me? Like who is on my client roster right now? And when was the last time they mm-hmm. heard from me? And maybe is there some, some gap that I could fill? And that's like, that's so super helpful. And I think very tangible takeaway. Is there something that you have learned the hard way about client experience and really, I don't know if you've had a point where like you work with clients and it doesn't lead to referrals. And now it's a, it's a, great referral source for you it was there ever a gap where you felt like okay I need to change some things beyond you know what you just mentioned with like hey it's been a minute since they heard from me um I would say just when I when I was going through the full audit and figuring out like where my holes were I think a big piece was just having a lack of education for my clients was a place where Mm -hmm. definitely I didn't gain referrals from And I learned that especially by looking between like my wedding side of my business and the senior side of my business. While as a senior side of my business, it's like a constant education system. Um, And I realized through like my Gen Z clients that my millennial clients definitely wanted to be educated more or they wanted a little bit more handholding or even just be told, no, that's not going to work like Mm. just ahead of time so that they have a better understanding. An example being like, my Gen Z clients who are all taking senior pictures and stuff, like I have a whole like color palette situation. So I have them send me their outfits ahead of time. I look at those those outfits. I think about their skin tones. I'd be like, hey, like I know that this like shirt is a shirt you love, but like that skin tone in your shirt, like this is like, this is what it'll end up looking in the end. And I just don't think that you're going to be like super happy with that. And them being like, mm-hmm. oh, thanks, that's what's up. Like, thanks for telling me that that's not going to work out. Versus an example, you have a wedding client and they really want photos that look like this for their getting ready photos. And you don't explain to them like lighting situation, lighting conditions, or an aesthetic for an actual like room that they're staying in. And you're like, dude, those aesthetics don't match. And But when you build a relationship with them enough, like communication wise, and you're just like, I know you love this aesthetic, but this room is not going to match that aesthetic. We can find a way to do it, but it's not going to be the exact thing. They're like, oh, thanks. That's what's up. But that only works if you have like a deeper relationship with them where they feel comfortable with you communicating them that way. But one thing that I've seen with clients is that they definitely want to be educated and they want to be helped because planning a wedding is a very excessive situation. There's a lot of things to be thinking about, but sometimes people just aren't thinking about those things and they just want a little bit of help. Yeah. I, what's fascinating about this is that you are working with millennials, Gen Z, but you're saying that like they, they want the same things. Is Mm -hmm. this, do you find that this is true kind of in terms of the experience that you're giving that they want to be educated? Like are there any differences in your marketing when you're talking to Gen Z versus millennial? I used to, and that was a big thing that I saw in my website and blog posts is I tried to be like super uberly like professional with like my millennial and older clients. And I realized like, first of all, that's like not me in general and just like the way that I talk. So I realized that when I used more of like the marketing sense that I'm using for my Gen Z clients, for my millennial clients, I actually got more referrals and more initial inquiries in general, just Mm. because they all want the same thing. They want to be educated. They want to be loved. They want to be focused on and taken care of. And they want 
to like have a good time. And if you give everybody that experience instead of like, okay, I have to talk to these people this way and these people this way, like, no, just be the same across the board and you're going to get way more out of it. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like sometimes we're overthinking it. And if you come back to you, like you come back to your brand, your voice, your why, and stop thinking about all the filters of all the platforms thinking like, does it for, does it fit in a reel? Does it fit in a, and it's like, no, just come back to you and you'll probably hit closer to the center of that target because it's in alignment with you and you're actually helping and serving and educating. This is super thought provoking. I love this. So like, do you have a favorite hack or tip or anything that you could share with our listeners for up-leveling your client experience? Become a client and go through your own client process. So mm-hmm. as soon as I thought I was done with my full client process, like I became my client. So I had all of my automations in and set myself up and I went through an initial inquiry. I went through all of my inquiry forms. So go through my senior inquiry form, my like all my HoneyBook inquiry forms, as well as my short in- show it inquiry form. And I took myself through the whole inquiry process from beginning to end, all the way through deliverables and after. And um, wow. in that moment, you really can see where the holes are in your client process or where there's a lull. And I did the, I've done this like two or three times, probably in the, like the last couple of weeks, just to make sure that everything was following as smooth as possible. And then just thinking about myself, if, I was the one getting married. What else would I want or what else would I need in order to make myself feel comfortable with my vendor? Or if I was going through senior pictures, like what other information I would want from my vendor? Mm. And that would be my number one hack is pretend to be one of your own clients. Don't just like click a checkbox and like go through your back end, like be a client and see what your clients are seeing and experience what your clients are experiencing. Yeah, that's so good. That's so, so good because it makes sense to us on a different way when we've built it. It's like you can't, you don't see it the same way. You just go on autopilot. Like it's not even. Yeah, you're not seeing the email come into your personal inbox, you know, with everything else and see the, the subject line that you chose that made sense at the time. And now you're thinking, well, hold on, let's back up. It just gives you perspective. I love that. It's such a good hack. Okay, so when bookings are low, when it's just feeling like a lull in business, do you have like a favorite or go-to way to boost bookings? Like if somebody's like, okay, we're going to the fall, I would love to get some family sessions on the books or I'd love to book like five new design clients. What can I do to just kind of like inject new life into my marketing or what what do you do? I would um, say the first thing is going to like free downloads while adding to your newsletter is probably the number one thing Mm -hmm. I've gotten. So an example being like for weddings, I made a uh, 2022 um, wedding trend, like wedding trend list, and it was a free downloadable, but you'd have to sign up for my newsletter in order to get the downloadable. And once your newsletter is like boosted, like it's really, really nice to reach out to referrals for clients through your newsletter or um, do mini sessions through a newsletter or things like that. It's just like having some type of communication with everybody outside of social from there. Um, Not to say 
as annoying as social is, you still have to do it. But also having that downloadable in like just a story with a link and again, boosting your newsletter that way. I found that like my newsletter is kind of the way that if I need an increase of bookings, that's where I kind of start. Yeah, I love that because you own that list. Like regardless of what's happening online, regardless of what's happening with if your stories are coming up for people or not, because I know people get stressed about story views dipping and things like that. It's like those are people who have raised their hand and said like, I want to hear from you. So for your email provider, are you on Flowdesk? I'm on Flowdesk. Nice, nice. Okay, we're going to link that down below. I love Flowdesk. It's so simple, easy, and stupid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it works though. Like you're saying like if if today you said I need to go book 10 mini sessions, the first thing you do is craft an awesome email. Mm Mm-hmm. And for example, like I'll have my, uh, my winter mini sessions that are coming up soon and I'll release it to my newsletter first. So I'll basically post like, hey, I'm doing many sessions, but it's going to the email list first. So I always feed the email list before I feed social. Which gives people another added reason to not only subscribe, but to stay subscribed because they know there's Mm -hmm. an actual reason and a benefit to them being on that list. I think this is such good marketing advice, you guys. Like if you don't have an email list, go down to the description, click on Flowdesk, get started, play around with it. It's easier than you think. And it's huge. It's huge for repeat clients. Like if you have the same clients every fall, if you have, you know, you want to be someone's lifelong legacy photographer, this is so smart and so good. If you don't have an email list, go ahead and do that. But also if you like, for example, for anybody who's like a brand designer or anything of those sorts, like being on Pinterest is just as important. I got my website fully done, and I also know how much I spent on my fully done website, but finding my person off of Pinterest based on like just aesthetic reasons there too. So for like brand designers, I don't think there's enough brand designers on Pinterest, but people, think about it, people figure out what their aesthetic is on Pinterest before they even get on social. So the first thing that somebody does is does when they're like, I need to rebrand my website, I'm going on Pinterest and I'm creating a full mood board on Pinterest. If someone's getting married, they're going on Pinterest and they're creating a full mood board on Pinterest. If you're not on either of those outlets, you're definitely missing out there. As much as Pinterest is a social media outlet, it's more of like an aesthetic outlet. Like posting more doesn't help on Pinterest. It's posting intentionally on Pinterest is definitely what's more helpful. The last thing I would say is when you're, if you're somebody who's struggling with social media right now, based on the way that the Instagram algorithms change with like reels and stuff, the more authentic you are, the better it is mentally for you. And the more you're going to get more intentional stuff with clients. And the main reason why I say that social media doesn't build clients, like I've had some very viral TikToks happen. So over 400K like views on a TikTok or over 83K likes on a TikTok, that has never directly correlated with bookings. I've never had like a TikTok or something go viral. And then all of a sudden look at my inbox and a ton of bookings come in. So the feedback happens, but I'm not, I'm not all of a sudden going to TikTok and be like, Oh, I got 400 K views on this TikTok. Let me check my email. No, that doesn't happen. Like that's not the thing that happens. The thing like, 
So it's like nice to have those like beefy metrics because your serotonin levels will push that and you get super excited. But in no way am I getting money off of my 400k views on TikTok. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you said that because I've had a couple of viral reels and it, like I I have been on YouTube for five years. And if I had reached yeah. those level of like the, that amount of views on YouTube, it would have directly led to subscribers and probably people moving through my funnel. And like, it's totally different there. It's like the way I describe it is like they're cheap. The views are real, real cheap because, and real, ha, huh, get it. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's short content. Like it's, it's five seconds long. So like that yeah. is not the same as like, okay, these 45 people read this blog post, are invested in you, are listening to you. Like it's, they're not all the same. And I think that sometimes we have to remember that like a comment on, you know, a reel is not the same thing as like a DM. There's different currency and we Way just have different. to remember like the cheapness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so just don't let, like, and our brains will tell us it was the same amount of flags, the same amount of notifications for a like, a view, a DM, mm -hmm. uh, like an inquiry. It all looks the same on our phone. And we have to, like, back up and remind ourselves that, like, a million views on, like, a funny dog reel might not actually mean anything compared to, like, two full-on interested people in your DM saying, hey, like, this is a question I have about what you do. Can you walk me through what this looks like? It, weirdly, that's yeah. not as exciting, but it should be exciting for your bank account. It should be. So we have to like rewire our brains and our expectations a little bit around that, I think. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Any final tips or insights or just imparting wisdom on all things, you know, social media, marketing and making sure that like we're keeping everything in perspective and that we're able to stay in this for the long haul. If you haven't read The Artist's Way, do it. It's an amazing book that definitely helps you figure out those things. That was a big piece for me. Um, and any creative should read it or somebody who wants to be creative should read it and go through the full process of it. It's amazing. Um, and then just when you think about your work, think about what you would want and you think about how you would want to be treated and focus more in that aspect than necessarily the metrics of social media and the way things look. Mm-hmm. Mm, so good. So good. All right. So I want to move into some rapid fire questions here. Just questions that I like to ask. Yes. Okay. She's ready. She's ready. All right. So first question, what does called to both mean to you? Called to both is, it means to me, for example, like I am called to be a mom first and also an entrepreneur. And how does that balance happen? I'm called to both. And how do, can I give as much as I can to both of those things? So called to both is that. Love it. Love it. What is one thing that has surprised you about becoming a mom? Is how much you can love something and get so irritated about something at the same time. <laughs> like how can something be both. so cute? It's both. Like I love you so much, but you are a sociopath at the same time. Like how does that happen? But I still love I you. I love this. Oh, it's so <laughs> relatable. It's so real. It's, it's so, so relatable. You drive me crazy, but I love you. It's weird. Yes. Yes. 
I, it's so weird and so good. I love it. Okay, um, what is one tool or tip that you can share that has helped you thrive in your business, in your motherhood, or both? One thing in in motherhood is remind yourself and give yourself grace because your kids are watching you grow up as they're growing up at the same time. Um, you're not going to have it all figured out and that's okay because you're growing up at the same time they are. So give yourself grace. And it's the same thing in your business. Give yourself grace. You're growing up at the same, like you're watching yourself grow up. Like you just need to take a deep breath. There is growing pains with everything. Yeah. I always feel especially bad for my firstborn because I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm still, I'm still figuring out, but I, I know a little more for my second and I, there's so much grace that I need to extend for that because we're growing up. Yeah. Like we're, you're doing we're this for the first up. time and then, and then, yeah. Yeah. Like you're, so, you're, you, you as a person, you want, you're watching your parents still grow up. So it's like your kids are watching you grow up. So give yourself grace. We're all growing up at the same time. Yeah. I, we, I, I think that's such a cool way of putting it because we think of like growing up as an event that happens until you turn 18 and then you're done. And no. the way that you're painting this is very like lifelong journey, which is so true. Like we're still growing. Yeah. We're still growing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what is the last book that you read or podcast that you listened to? Oh, book. It's definitely a Colleen Hoover. I think it, it ends with us was the last in my installment for the summer. And that definitely got me in my field. So I've been on a Colleen Hoover kick. I'm I'm there with everybody else right now. Definitely everybody else on social. Um, would you recommend that book? I would recommend any Colleen Hoover book if you're just prepared to be like just emotionally distraught, to be honest with you. Like, <sighs> It's it's a great like way to just like escape reality for a second. Um, so if you're ready to be emotionally distraught, be really upset with Colleen Hoover or very happy with her. But like her books are insane. You can finish them in like two days. Like there was one day I was like up at like one thirty in the morning. I was like, I don't have time for this. Like, why am I still sitting here reading this book right now? So if you and need yet, to start, you a could book, not put it down. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was insane. Like Verity had me all in my feet. I literally can't. So no, a Colleen Hoover <laughs> book definitely um, is definitely a go-to. But I'm also like for podcasts. I'm a big health podcast listener. So I, I'm I'm up north now with my 14 team volleyball team right now. Yeah, I sign up to watch 14 teenagers for three days. But I think I was I was listening to the Huberman co- uh, podcast on the way up. Okay, nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the last question is, what is something that you are excited about and that you're looking forward to? I am. There's a lot that is happening in the next year that I'm looking forward to a lot. I work wise, I have a lot of weddings that still are happening this year that I'm pumped about and are kind of like avant garde esque. So I'm like really excited to like hit those hard. But I'm honestly just really excited about living this next year with this new outlook and getting to the end of the year and then being able to kind of look back on it and find tweak things and grow. So I'm really just excited experiencing this next year, enjoying it, not letting myself get so bogged down by work and looking back at all of it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Mary, this has been amazing. 
in closing, where can listeners follow you, find out more about you and just explore all of your like website and socials and things like that? Yeah. Um, Pinterest, follow me at Mary Shelton Media on Pinterest. I love posting on there, just like new trends, new aesthetics, as well as work. I blog quite often. So hopping on my website at www.maryshelltonmedia.com. And um, if you want to see not only work and fun stuff, I'm a little bit more unfiltered and unplugged on TikTok because it takes two seconds to post something and it's... I get a little bit more entertaining on there. So if you need a good laugh, come on over because that's where that's at. And then following me at either Mary Shelton Media or Mary Shelton Media Seniors on Instagram. Love it. Oh, this has been so good. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and just the words of encouragement that you spoke over, you know, everybody listening here that might just be a little exhausted with social media. I think there's so much that you offered today and I just appreciate it. No, I appreciate you so much. Honestly, the reason why my business is even here to begin with is uh, just from our early days at Boxer. So if you guys haven't done an accelerator with her, like hop on ASAP. I didn't even pay her to say that, guys. I, she just nope. said it on her own. <laughs> yeah, that Boxer is legit. Those Boxer conversations are awesome. And it's, but it's, it's honestly awesome. It's like very unplugged and real, like, I'm someone who's done a lot of mentor sessions and it's just like, no, this isn't what's going to work. This is what's going to work. It's very matter of fact. And I think that's something that a lot of people are looking for. Yeah. I like, I don't, I need to do a better job in my own marketing of explaining like the Voxer part is this like magic that I don't know how to explain. It's like you are no longer, it's like you're not alone in your business anymore because you can just have a thought and have somebody that gets it that's a step ahead be like here's my thought on that thought instead of like you being stuck in that cycle alone it's it's wild with absolutely no judgment you know like that's the thing it's like the no judgment aspect it was just like hey like this is happening right now i have no idea how i'm supposed to go about this like what's the best way to go about this and in a complete no judgment sense and especially like i did that early on So it was in that same realm of like creating boundaries. So it was like a little bit more early on in my business too. So just being able to grow from a solid foundation was very Mm. helpful. I love that. Well, like totally unplanned accelerator coaching testimonial. So I will, I will definitely have a link for that below. And this was like, it was so fun to, to connect with you again, Mary. And I know that I'm going to have to have you back on and hear, like, like you said, a year from today to look back and see like what you've accomplished. And this has just been so great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me get the word out about the Call to Both podcast by taking a screenshot of this episode right now and sharing it on your social media. I would also appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.